Hey everyone, it's time for another wonderful episode of Medley Kids with Chris and Kaylee. This time we're looking at the ghostly creep from the deep. We start off with a nice view of a very foggy swamp and the mystery machine drives by and apparently they're lost. Velma says, after consulting our our compass and map, I've come to the conclusion we're hopelessly lost. That seems like a really good reason to have it appear that they're lost. Daphne tells Shaggy and Scooby to look for road signs because that would help them figure out where they are. But um, they start seeing swamp monsters everywhere, like a dead tree that has kind of a face on it, and they freak out. So they're told to just watch out the back, and they think the swamp monster tree is after them because they see headlights that they don't realize are headlights. You know what's really freaky on this part, though? The van actually has a window in the back. Yeah, they bothered to draw it this time. Or you're missing the obvious answer. They just went and had a window installed because they realized it's really important to be able to see out the back of your van. Maybe. Turns out the Globetrotters are driving behind them. That's who the headlights belong to. And they're trying to get to Miami Beach, but they got lost because uh, Meadowlarks told them some sort of shortcut they could take. And now they're in the swamp and... He thinks that the best way to get unlost is to follow the other people driving through the swamp because why would anybody be dumb enough to get themselves lost in a place like this? Ignoring the fact that he is then calling himself dumb for getting lost in a place like that. I think that was the point. Whoosh. Fred notices that the lights are catching up to them and he speeds up because he doesn't know what's following him. Smart move. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. And he doesn't pay enough attention in front of him and drives right into the edge of the water and gets stuck in the mud. Dumb move to cancel out his smart move. Oh, well. They see a ghost pirate ship sail by, and nobody can believe their eyes. They try to convince themselves that it was just their imaginations. And as soon as Daphne asks what else can happen, they hear a motor. wonder who the motor is. Mm, I think it might be the Globetrotters. Who gets stuck in the mud right next to the mystery machine? That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yep. When the Globetrotters say hi, Daphne says, what are you going to do? And Meadowlark says that one thing they're not going to do is follow them anyplace anymore. Probably a smart move. Shaggy and Fred then realize that the Globetrotters are not a swamp monster. They're the Globetrotters. Took them long enough. (laughs) Yeah. And when they start saying that they thought they were a swamp monster, there's an owl that starts hooting and Shaggy and Scooby freak out thinking it's a swamp monster. And after realizing that it's an owl, they give up and Fred says they can't do anything until the fog lifts. And then two of the Globetrotters are lifted up on the back of an alligator they were apparently sitting on. And they say, there's one thing we can do. Run! Now, this is a family-friendly show, so I don't necessarily want to tell you what happens if you're sitting on an alligator. Let's just say don't sit on top of an alligator. And pay attention to where you're sitting when you're in a swamp. There's lots of dangerous stuff out there. Like alligators. Yeah. While running, they end up near an old inn, which Shaggy is worried is haunted. Because it probably is. It is an inn in the swamp, after all. And everyone decides to check it out, except Shaggy and Scooby, who kind of refuse. So Daphne tells them to give a yell if they see any ghosts. If 
What do you mean if we see any ghosts? Because, of course, there's ghosts. It's a scary, spooky swamp. Yeah, I thought he should be glad she didn't say when. Anyway, the pirate ship goes by again, and Shaggy sees it and says, Oh, it's just that old pirate ship. And nobody was even sailing it. Which means ghost pirates! And so he and Scooby run to warn the others. Metalark says that it couldn't be real because there's no such thing as ghosts and pirates are a thing of the past. Which, as we learned in our last episode, there are such things as ghosts, so he's just wrong. But we'll just kind of roll with it. Curly, one of the other globetrotters, sees the ship and immediately covers his eyes, says, He's right. Even though I saw it, I still don't believe it. Gip says, That's because there's nothing out there, see? And suddenly the pirate ship has just disappeared. Almost like it's a ghost pirate ship. Hmm. Meadowlark starts to worry that the bus will be oh, completely sink and he'll lose his lucky basketball and therefore the game that's the next morning or next day. And he tries to convince anybody to go back to the bus with him. When we hear a voice that says, Leave this place! Shaggy thinks it's a ghost and he and Scooby try to run accidentally volunteering to go with Meadowlark. Oops. But he's okay with that because he wanted to do what the ghost said and just leave the place rather than facing the ghost. Velma says not to be silly because they were probably just hearing something. And Fred and Daphne want to find out who said to leave. Some Most of the group goes to investigate while Shaggy and Scooby go with Meadowlark to find his ball. And they didn't want to stay at the Haunted Inn anyway. Fred tells them that if everything's okay, they'll meet back at the inn. And Shaggy says, but it won't be okay if you meet any ghosts or monsters. And Velma tries to convince him yet again that there's nobody here but them. And we suddenly zoom in on a creepy old guy who we haven't seen yet. And the gang can't see him, but he's ha ha ha. And me. Back at the vehicles, Meadowlark is excited that their buses are okay and he goes to get his ball but shaggy and scooby are keeping watch and they get scared by a bird so we wrote a little song to mark this occasion and by we i mean me because i don't think Kaylee wants to take any credit for this at all it'll help 90s kids picture exactly how this scene goes we'll have a picture in the show notes but the song goes a little something like this to the tune of cat dog One dark night with the zoinks and a growl, Shaggy and Scooby got scared by an owl. Tried to run away, jumped around in the fog, then got their butt stuck in a log. Shag dog, shag dog, running through the swamp like a little shag dog. Anyway, <laughs> shag dog tries to run from Meadowlark thinking he's a swamp monster. Meadowlark sees them and thinks they're a swamp monster, so there's all kinds of running in all kinds of directions. Well, back at the inn, they're having no luck, so they decide to check inside the inn. And who's going to stop them anyway? The old man finally makes an appearance and says, Redbeard, the pirate's ghost will stop you. Go away now. You trying to scare us? Yes, and for your own good. No ghost pirate story will scare us away. And then they hear a dribbling basketball, but can't quite place the sound. 
And the old man says, It sounds like you'll need him soon. Turns out Meadowlark was dribbling the basketball. He comes into view, looking terrified, and tells them about the hot dog-shaped two-headed monster that's coming toward them right now. He means shag dog, right? Yeah. Okay. Shag dog at some point loses control and ends up just rolling down a hill in the log and... They're running over people, and people are jumping over them, and there's just all kinds of craziness. That's the fastest swamp monster I ever saw. It's the only swamp monster you ever saw. Anyway, eventually they crash into a tree, and the log cracks, and they're able to get out of it. But Daphne didn't see them yet, and she's worried about what happened to poor Shaggy and Scooby. What happened to poor Shagdog? It's gone. Fred notices where Shaggy and Scooby are crawling out of the log. And he says, there's the answer to our question. So they know where the swamp monster went and Shaggy and Scooby because Fred has put everything together. And Shaggy, after all of the rolling and crashing, is apparently seeing Triple because he sees Fred and says, hey, there's Fred, all three of them. So Velma says, let's go inside. And Daphne points out that the door is boarded up. And Meadowlark offers to take care of it by telling Curly to knock it down. Curly says that he's brainy, not brawny. So, of course, he's told to use his head. Curly says, good idea. Gip, do your stuff. So Gip is the biggest of the the Globetrotters, and he goes and just crashes through the door and all the way through the back wall. Daphne points out what a mess it is and says maybe they should have tried the back door. Fred says maybe it didn't have a back door, and Gip says it does now. <laughs> so now that they've installed a new back door on, in an inn that was all boarded up, they decide to see if anybody's home. And they hear a ghostly disembodied laugh. And Fred wants to know who's laughing. Shaggy thinks it's a ghost. Velma says it's just a scary voice, but it's not. Ve- but she's not very convincing. And Curly says he doesn't like scary noises because there has to be a scarer to make them the scaries. That's a really deep thought right there. It really is. Like, no matter what, whether these things are actually ghosts or monsters or, like it is in most cases, just somebody trying to freak them out so that they can continue their little crime spree, there's always something there. Yep. So Meadowlark tries to say it's just your imagination. And then there's a scary laugh to scare everybody again. And Curly asks him if he ever heard his imagination walking. Cue scary footsteps. Meadowlark says, no, and I don't want to see it either. So I guess he's decided to be scared with everybody else. Everyone runs away, and now we see the creepy old man walking around an upstairs balcony type of thing, rattling a chain and making the creepy laugh and stuff. And then he opens some sliding elevator-like door and goes through. He thinks he's done his job and scared them all away. Spoiler alert. That's not what happened at all. Daphne notices that the noises have stopped, but Velma thinks it's because there's no one there to hear but themselves. She is really in denial right now. And then they notice that there's some sort of bone-rattling noise. They think there might be a skeleton walking around haunting the place. But it turns out to be Scooby's chattering teeth. Poor Scooby. Meadowlark suggests that they can get rid of scary noises by drowning them out with fun noises. So they decide to have a basketball game. 
And when the gang is a little unsure about taking on the Globetrotters, who are professional basketball players, they offer to play to 10 and spot the Scooby gang eight points. They put a pot on a shelf and hang a trash can on a hook to use for baskets, and they decide to practice and warm up a little first. During the practice, Shaggy tries to tell Scooby to to get past his defense, and Scooby rolls the ball down his paw under Shaggy's legs and up into the basket, and Chris says that it's not allowed because Shaggy asked him what kind of basketball he's playing anyway, and Scooby says, football! Oh yeah, this is totally not basketball at all. There, I mean, it's like the third grade playing around on the playground version of basketball, which, granted, it's really fun and stuff, but... When you play to 10 like that, you're, you're counting by one, and they go, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just go. Maybe something will make it clear. The Globetrotters warm up by showing off, and they're basically juggling the basketball between them, and sometimes they show two balls at a time, but most of the time it's just one, and they're doing all of these fancy-schmancy tricks, which is expected for the Globetrotters. So the Scooby gang is still kind of worried about winning. And Velma says, well, now I know how a basketball feels when the Globetrotters sink a basket. Sunk. Womp womp. Fred says not to worry because he has a plan. Velma says, oh, well, in that case, let's huddle. She doesn't seem to have much faith in Fred's plan based on her tone of voice, though. So we'll see what happens. We see the huddle and we can't hear what the plan is, but Shaggy seems kind of worried. And the Globetrotters, we do get to hear what they're saying in their huddle, and they're told not to do tricky stuff, and to remember that the Scooby gang are only kids. But at the tip-off, Shaggy is set to get the ball, but Scooby comes running up his back and takes the ball instead, pulling their own kind of tricks. And Scooby hangs from the chandelier with the ball for a minute and then drops down on Shaggy's shoulders. And Shaggy runs in the completely wrong direction, worrying everybody then crashes into the wall hard enough to bounce the ball all the way across the room into the right basket. Daphne cheers, two points for us! Yay! And Velma goes up to Meadowlark and says, you spotted us eight points, so that makes the score ten to nothing in our favor. Ha! Nope, sorry. When you're playing to ten, you count by ones. That makes it ten to nine. That's just the way it works on the playground. Everywhere I have ever lived, and I've lived like 12,000 places because my dad was in the Air Force when I was growing up, there was never any question of how you counted when you were playing to like 10 or playing to 21 or anything like that. You were always counting by ones. Chris's rant aside, Meadowlark says there's still a chance for a tie. Let's have the ball. He takes the ball and makes it bounce enough times in the basket to tie the game. And then points out that the scary noises are gone. Wait, wait, let me jump back in here again on this. So the only time I have ever played with a chance to tie it like that was if there was a rule where you had to win by two. So you couldn't have just some lucky shot thrown up desperately in the air when it was nine to nine and somebody wins. It just doesn't, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to look at this anymore. <laughs> okay, Chris. Meadowlark says that there's still one thing that scares him. Their big game in Miami tomorrow. And Curly says, yeah, if Meadowlark doesn't get his beauty sleep, he won't look good on the court. So everyone agrees to go to sleep, but Fred suggests that it would be safer if they took turns standing watch. 
Meadowlark tricks Curly into taking first watch. And then we see the pirate ship sailing past the inn with the old man standing on the shore saying, Redbeard's ghost! And the ghost pirate in the crow's nest announces, Ahoy, Redbeard! Somebody's at the inn! Redbeard says, Arr, arr, unwelcome guests are gonna get the scare of their lives. <laughs> then we see the inside of the inn with Curly marching back and forth with the mop over his shoulder and a pot for a helmet. And he stops and looks right at the camera and says, Sometimes I wish Meadowlark would learn to keep my big mouth shut. Isn't it your job to keep your own big mouth shut? Well, he was kind of tricked into the job by Meadowlark, so. Oh, that is true. I'll let it go. And we see everybody sleeping. Shaggy and Scooby are sleeping in the drawers of a small dresser, which slide out each time they snore, and it's kind of funny and cute. And Gip is also patrolling, but he's sleepwalking on his patrol. He's got a mop over his shoulder, and he's snoring. He goes by a door as it opens, and the old man peeks through the door and says, Wake up! Redbeard's ghost is coming! So, I wonder whose side he's on. Now he's warning the gang? But I thought he was trying to scare them earlier. I thought he was just trying to scare them to get them to leave. Maybe he doesn't want Redbeard to be able to eat them. Maybe. I guess we'll have to keep going to find out. Do ghosts eat people? I guess some of them might. I don't know. Okay, we'll worry about that when Redbeard catches them. Gip wakes up and says, did someone say something? I must have been having a nightmare about Redbeard's ghost coming here. Then the door reopens and the old man sticks his head in again and says, it's no nightmare. He's coming and you're going to be sorry if you don't skeedaddle out right now. If you don't what? Skeedaddle. He said it just like that, and yeah, my daddy's family comes from the swamp, and yeah, they talk like that. Anyway, Shaggy and Scooby dive behind a bar, and Velma says, that old swamp rat's trying to scare us away for some reason. Curly says, I don't know why he's trying to do it, but he's doing a good job. Then we hear splashing noises, kind of like somebody paddling a boat, and everybody hides. Meadowlark peeks out from behind the bar where Shaggy and Scooby were hiding and says, Oh, man. And Curly says, What's wrong? Do you see a ghost? Meadowlark says, No, but I see. After these messages, we'll be right back. My name is Katie Cakes, and I am the host of Cake Bites, a podcast adventure through gaming history. I am just inviting you to come along with me on that journey while I interview people who have worked in and around the industry for the last 30 plus years to learn about their experiences and their perspectives to learn more about an industry that is continuously evolving. I hope you guys will join me every two weeks when I release a new episode of the show on all major podcasting platforms. You can learn more about the show at kickbites.com. Meadowlark said that, no, he doesn't see a ghost, but he sees ghosts. And we see Redbeard and two henchmen pirates standing near the door. Apparently they can't see anybody who's hiding because they're hiding pretty well. So Redbeard asks, is anybody here? And one of the other pirates says, if anyone was here, they're gone now. And we zoom in on Shaggy and Scooby behind the bar. And Shaggy says, "Uh uh-oh, I hear them getting closer. And 
Scooby ducks and apparently bumps into Shaggy's back. And Shaggy says, now I feel them in back of me. So they both jump up screaming. And now, of course, the pirates can see them. Redbeard says, there they are. And Shaggy and Scooby are, of course, scared. And Redbeard says, give up, you two. You're surrounded. And Meadowlark hops up and says, you give up. You're surrounded. Redbeard says, by who? You? And everybody pops out saying, no, we're here too, and I'm here too, and I'm here too, and we've all got you surrounded. But Redbeard's not worried. He tells his pirate henchmen to round them up and put them in the brig. And so crazy things happen, like pirates getting thrown up into the ceiling and knocked down with couches and stuff. So these pirates, unlike in the last few episodes, are definitely not projections. They're all white. They look like pirates from a coloring book that didn't get colored in. And apparently they're glowing based on something they say later. But they are not projections like other ones we've seen. So we have to wonder who's in the pirate costumes. So basically there's a whole lot of hijinks. The Globetrotters are using their basketball skills. The Scooby gang is using whatever they can find. And... At some point, Fred peeks through a door, suddenly looks very happy, even though he's being chased by Redbeard. He slams the door and stands to the side like he's about to open it. And when Redbeard catches up and says, now I've got you, Fred opens the door, says happy landing, and a whole avalanche of what looks like cannonballs rolls out, with Redbeard kind of skating along on top. Daphne opens a door across the room from him to let Redbeard fall through. We hear a big crash as she says, watch your step. And then she says, I told him to watch his step. So this is a very Fred-like trap that we haven't seen in a while. And it was kind of thrown together at the last second and mostly unplanned, but it's kind of nice to see one of those. Redbeard eventually gets out of that mess and tells them to give up now or I'll summon my whole crew of ghost pirates. When he's accused of bluffing, he pulls out a skull that has these flashing colored beams of light shooting out of all of the holes, like out of the nose and the eyes and the teeth and stuff. And ghosts that match those lights start swooping around. I have a feeling this one's a projection, though. Now, don't worry, this isn't a scary skull or anything. Yeah, well, Shaggy believes that these are ghosts are real, and so does everybody else, apparently. And Shaggy says, we quit, we quit, just call off your creepy pals. And when Fred asks Redbeard what he's going to do with them, Redbeard asks how walking the plank sounds. Daphne says, that's corny. I mean, it just isn't done in this day and age. She's a fashionista, so of course she's worried about what is done now. And Redbeard laughs and says, You forget, my day was 300 years ago, before I became a ghost. Anyway, it should be 1672. That's a long time. Most of the pirates we hear of are from the 1700s, but we have somebody who knows a little bit about the real Redbeard. Hey guys, it's your friendly neighborhood, Katie. Just stopping in with some information about Redbeard. So one of the things that always bugged me about the new Scooby Movies episode with Redbeard is that we've already seen this guy. We've already seen a Redbeard who looks eerily similar to this. So what, are there two? Well, as it turns out, in reality, 
There were two red beards. They were actually brothers who were pirates in the Mediterranean during the late 1400s and early 1500s. I'm going to pronounce their names wrong, their actual names, but uh, I'll give it my best. There was Arouge Reese and his brother, who ultimately was known as Carradine Barbarossa. Barbarossa is actually Italian for Redbeard. And so what happened was they were both born on the Greek island of Lesbos and ultimately became not just pirates, but also Ottoman naval commanders for the Ottoman Empire, which is pretty cool. And the reason that they ended up known as Barbarossa is because Arus Reese had this uh, this little charitable side to him, I guess, and he would rescue Muslims who were fleeing from uh, Spain at the time. He would rescue them and take them to North Africa because this was during the time of the Spanish Inquisition. So Muslims weren't exactly welcome in Spain. So, you know, doing a little little nice side work in addition to his pirating. And he got the nickname of Baba Urush, which meant Father Urush. But the uh, the folks who were not so big, such big fans of him, you know, Italians, the Spanish, uh, I believe the French as well, ultimately nicknamed him Barbarossa, getting that from Baba Uruk, or Urush. So that's pretty cool. And it also cool about this guy is at some point he had his arm taken off and had to get a silver arm replacement like a real pirate but anyway ultimately he was killed in battle and when his brother kind of took over being the head pirate and the head ottoman commander ultimately an admiral he kind of inherited the same because he also had a red beard so Thus, we get Haradine Barbarossa. So there you have it. Real, actual red beards. A pair of them. So hey, maybe it makes sense. Maybe that's what Scooby-Doo was thinking all along when they had two red beards who looked eerily similar. That's all from me. Bye. Two red beards? And they were around 400 years before this episode. So... This Redbeard did not do his research. I think he just picked a random pirate sounding name and went with it. I think he just had a beard and it was red and tried to roll with it. But he's not even colored in. He's all white. Maybe in his real life form he had a red beard. Maybe. Maybe he just wished he had a red beard because they're cool. Who knows? Anyway... Redbeard tells them tells his henchmen to chain the prisoners until he can make them into ghosts too. And Shaggy says, I'm too young to become a ghost. That's probably true. Velma says, Ghost, ha! If you're an ectoplasmic apparition, how come you're not vanishing with the dawn? Okay, Dr. Bankman. Let's just get everything right. Yeah, Velma needs to go join the Ghostbusters. Anyway. The pirates are really confused. And then there's a helicopter flying by outside, and they're like, ah, I'll let you go this time, but if we meet again, you'll become ghosts in a most unpleasant way. And then he throws a smoke bomb, and they it blacks out the room. 
And when the smoke clears and everything's lit up again, the ghosts are gone. But the door is locked and nobody knows how they got out. And Velma says, something tells me we have another mystery to crack. So everyone decides that they should probably get out of the inn. But Scooby is sniffing at the floor and he even ignores an offer of Scooby snacks. No. Yes. I don't believe you. Shaggy's trying to give him Scooby snacks and Scooby is too busy sniffing the floor. That's like when Thor doesn't want pets because he'd rather run. Well, Scooby finds a trap door by stepping on it with Shaggy. And the Scooby snacks stay on the floor. And um, Shaggy and Scooby fall into a boat that happens to have the pirates in it. But the pirates don't really notice. They hear something and they think it's just noise upstairs. So they decide to just go on with their boat. And eventually the gang notices that Shaggy and Scooby are gone. And while they're looking around, Velma sees the Scooby snacks on the floor and says they would never leave food behind. I mean, that's like the most surefire way to make sure that Shaggy and Scooby are okay. Yeah. And when she walks over to look at the Scooby snacks, she almost falls through the trap door. But luckily, Fred was right there and he manages to catch her and keep her safe. Everyone looks out the window to see the ghosts going by on their little boat and that they haven't noticed their passengers. Daphne asks if there's any sign that they're in trouble and suddenly Scooby's holding up a sign that says help. I'm pretty sure that's a sign that they're in trouble. Yeah. And we see Shaggy dropping Scooby snacks into the water, leaving a Hansel and Gretel style trail in the water, which... um. Hopefully the gang will notice fast enough because there are so many reasons that was not going to work very well. I mean, it's better than not leaving a Hansel and Gretel trail in the water, I guess. Yeah, but there's a reason it didn't work in Hansel and Gretel either. Because an alligator came along and ate it? Well, in Hansel and Gretel it was birds eating the breadcrumbs, and in a swamp there are lots of animals that will eat Scooby Snacks. The gang decides to go and get in the other boat that happened to be under the inn. And Meadowlark, Fred, and Velma are inside the boat while everybody else is standing on the dock. And Meadowlark is really slowly pulling the the starter... Cord? Yes, starter cord. <laughs> it's, lo- it's just like a lawnmower starter here. And he's like, why can't I get this motor to start? And Velma points out... That, of course, it won't start. He needs a faster pull to start combustion. You can tell that Meadowlark doesn't have to cut the grass at his house because he doesn't know how to start the motor. And Fred tells Meadowlark that Velma's usually right about these things. So Meadowlark hands the cord to Pablo, who twirls around, pulling it fast enough to start, and apparently actually puts it in gear, too, because the boat takes off. And it hasn't been untied from the dock yet, so um, it takes the dock with it. It's a really powerful motor for a tiny boat. It's awfully convenient cartoon logic there, but we'll roll with it. I like it. It looks like a lot of fun, and I kind of like to try it, even though I know it wouldn't work in real life. (laughs) Curly points out after they get going, Hey, Metalark, look, you didn't leave us without us. Metalark says, You know I wouldn't do that, pal. So maybe this was on purpose? I don't know. Gib says, Man, this is the first time I ever water skied on a wharf. And Curly said, it might be the last time if we meet up with Redbeard. I would expect it to be the last time anyway. 
Daphne tells them to go faster while the trail is hot. Meadowlark is like a hot water trail? Fred says, well, it's the only one we've got. And then Pablo notices the Scooby snacks and points, saying, look at those cookies floating on the water. Velma immediately recognizes them and says, cookies? Those are Scooby snacks. And Fred tells them to quick follow the Scooby snacks. And catfish start jumping up to eat them. So they have to hurry before the catfish eat all the Scooby snacks. We jump back to Redbeard's little boat, where he's saying, Methinks it's time for Redbeard's ghost to disappear forever. Disappear too if our trail isn't picked up, Scooby. And Scooby points out the catfish. But there is a wrapper at the end of the trail that maybe the catfish won't eat. No, I'm pretty sure the catfish will eat it. They're catfish. And Shaggy says, "Oh, then our only chance is to swim back for shore or to swim for shore." And then Scooby points out a gator that's trying to eat a catfish. Once again, this is a family-friendly show. Do not go swimming with alligators. It's not a good idea. So they stay in the boat. And we see the ghost getting out of the boat at a dock near a really big barge. And there is a ghost waiting for them on the the dock and says, Are you sure you weren't followed? And Redbeard says, Nobody would dare follow Redbeard. (laughs) Scooby sneezes. And when the ghost tells Redbeard gesundheit, he's like, I didn't sneeze. Listen, it came from the boat. The other pirate says, there's nobody there, unless it's a ghost. And he actually sounds kind of scared, and then laughs. So the ghosts are scared of a ghost? Yep. Methinks that one of these might not actually be a ghost. Yeah. And Shaggy's whispering to Scooby, you'll give us away. And then Redbeard, of course, pulls the tarp off and says, I'll give you away to the sharks. What be you doing here? Shaggy says that they're trying to get rid of his allergy, of Scooby's allergy. When Redbeard asks what he's allergic to, Shaggy says, you! And Scooby sneezes so hard, Redbeard is blown right out of the boat. Which is great. (laughs) Shaggy and Scooby take off running away from the pirates and end up hanging from a rope that's tethering the barge to the dock, and they start to climb up. But there's a pirate waiting at the other end of the line. Shaggy says, well, I guess that's the way the old ball bounces. And Scooby agrees, yeah, bounces. Shaggy says, Shaggy suddenly gets an idea and says, let's give it the old one three. Which? One three? Yeah, that's what Scooby said, too. Okay. So, I don't know why he skips two, but that's okay. They start bouncing, counting, and the first one is just a bounce. Two, they twirl around like gymnasts on the uneven bars. And on three, they let go and fly way up into the barge, then take off running. And the pirate that had been at the end of the rope says, So you want to play games, eh? And he puts a bucket on a wet bar of soap and slides it after them and says, They don't call me Slippery Sam for nothing. Do they actually call him Slippery Sam? Apparently. Okay, then. Shaggy and Scooby dive down a hatch, which, despite being the wrong shape, somehow sends the bucket and soap flying up into the air back onto Slippery Sam's head. And it gets stuck and is hilarious. 
but Redbeard is not amused, and he decides to go after them himself. Shaggy and Scooby apparently decided to hide in a trunk after that, because we see them climbing out of it, and they find a door and open it to see if it's the way out, but they only see just blackness with a skull and crossbones. They scream and run into a door across the room. That seems like the most logical move right there. And Scooby says, a flag. And Shaggy's like, a flag? Oh, a pirate flag. Of course it's only a flag. Quit being such a chicken, Scoob. Poor Scooby looks confused and says, who, me? He was the one who figured out it was a flag. And Shaggy starts pushing Scooby toward that door again. Now you go first and I'll protect you from behind. Scooby says, oh, thanks. Yeah, so much for... Yeah. They open the door to reveal Redbeard. They run back across the room to another door and open it, revealing another pirate. Who asks, which way did they go? So Shaggy points behind them toward Redbeard and says, that way. The pirate says, thanks, and then immediately goes and crashes into Redbeard. So these pirates are not very smart, which is great. <laughs> Redbeard sends the pirate after Shaggy and Scooby, who spot a porthole and decide that it's a good way out because any porthole in a storm. They end up hanging on the rope again with a pirate at each end. And Shaggy says, do you have a feeling this is where we came in? And the others have gotten up to a curtain that the pirates went through with no problem. And they think they've run out of swamp. And Fred says, well, it's the end of the line and no sign of them. But Velma notices the Scooby snack bag that was floating at the end of the trail and says, I think they were here, though. Look. And there's a very happy looking alligator. Looks like he just had lunch. And Pablo says he really hopes that it wasn't who he thinks it might be. It wasn't, was it? Daphne? says if only it could talk and then they hear from off screen shaggy's voice saying fred daphne velma oh oh, oh good i was so worried there for a second <laughs> daphne says did did it say what i thought it said the metal lark says nad shaggy he's back there well i'm glad somebody's paying attention to where that voice is coming from <laughs> yeah pablo says they're with the ghosts Fred says, we've got one chance at rescue. Surprise! And they see the old man floating by on the raft with the walkie-talkie, so Geese is like, so much for surprise! See who's warning them about us. Velma wants to know why a swamp rat would radio a ghost. Pablo thinks maybe they're on a ghost-to-ghost hookup. Meanwhile, Redbeard is untying the rope, saying, I'll get you down fast. And Shaggy and Scooby swing like Tarzan and end up back up on the barge, near a panel of levers labeled forward control. Shaggy mistakes the levers as belaying pins, like in a pirate movie. And he tries to pull one out to, I guess, use as a weapon, but instead he pulls the lever, which magically unfolds the masks. So it's a collapsible pirate ship. And it's like Transformers, except a good 15-ish years before Transformers were invented. So, yay! And I'm pretty sure that none of the Transformers could turn into a boat. Yes, they could. They just didn't turn between two different types of boats. 
I'm pretty sure that one of us knows a lot more about Transformers than the other one of us. One of us had a brother who loved that show as a kid. One of us had a Dinobot toy, and that's about it. Anyway, the gang runs through the curtain on in their boat, and the curtain gets pulled down and caught on top of them. And so now we're back to Swamp Monsters because the pirate tries to tell Redbeard that they've got to get out of there fast because of the Swamp Monster. When Redbeard try- <laughs> looks, he says, there's no such thing as a... Then he sees them. Swamp Monster! Before he can run away, the boat crashes into the dock. Fred throws off the, the curtain and says, we've got you now. Redbeard says, who's got who? All hands, get him. Pirates come running from everywhere. Hijinks ensue, and everybody's trying to fight off the pirates. And the old man is still on the raft with the radio saying, Ha, now we've got him. And Redbeard tells his pirates not to let anybody get away. We'll see how that turns out. The pirates, who knew which ones were actual belaying pins and not levers, go after Fred and Daphne with them. And... Shaggy, from up on the mast, which he got tangled in when they popped up, sees that Fred and Daphne are trapped and says that they have to do something. Then he and Scooby fall off the mast. They're like, we didn't have to do this. But they land on the pirates, saving Daphne and Fred. But when Daphne asks if they're all right, Scooby's like, no. And Daphne wants to know where it is it hurt. In my tummy. And he holds his tummy and says, here. Shaggy says it's hunger pains. He always gets them. Doesn't matter. It still hurts in his tummy. Yes, it hurts in his tummy. Poor Scooby. He had to give up all of his Scooby snacks to try and be rescued. He deserves like 15 Scooby snacks. I think they need to buy a new bag first. We see Redbeard in a crane with a fishing net at the end of the line. Saying that he's going to catch everyone at once. Meanwhile, down below, the Globetrotters are telling a group of ghosts to stand back. Then they decide to pull the old switcheroo, which means they trade places with the pirates who get caught in the net instead of the Globetrotters. Shaggy and Scooby hide behind some oil drums while the others are surrounded by pirates. And the old man floats up behind them and says, Psst, it's me, Swampy Pete. We finally have a name for him. And Shaggy runs away. It's him! It's him! He grabs onto this huge, like, fire hose type of thing that's spewing oil and says, Help! He's got me! And then realizes what he's holding onto. And says, Zoinks! I struck oil! And he sprays the ghosts, knocking them down. But he's got no control over this hose, so Velma says, Run for cover! That's out of control! Oil! And it's coming our way! So Fred tells everybody to get on the barge, and the pirates chase them up onto it. When Redbeard has them cornered, he threatens with his floating spirits again. And since everybody believed that those were real ghosts, Fred says, okay, you have us, but can't we talk it over? Redbeard tells them to go down the hatch, saying they'll merely be locked up until the pirates vanish into their (laughs) other world. Fred doesn't want to go down there because they don't know what'll happen while they're down there. Daphne says, but what else can we do? And Swampy Pete peeks over the side of the barge and says, quick, over the side. Velma asks if they can trust him, and Pete says, do you have a choice? 
and they really don't so everybody decides to dive off the edge and scooby goes the wrong direction and grabs onto the levers again and when shaggy pulls them in the right direction the pirate masts all collapse again trapping the pirates inside the boat once everybody is safe with with swampy pete he says, congratulations, you captured Redbeard and his whole gang. Metalark says, Shaggy, you really used your head. But Shaggy points out, no, it was Scooby. And Scooby looks really proud. And Shaggy says, and he really used his feet. And once everybody's safely back on the dock, Velma says, but what about those so-called spirits? And Pete holds up the spirit projecting skull and says, it's just a trick. They came from the spirit projector. Which is something everybody has for Halloween stuff now, but back in the 70s, it wouldn't be as, and I guess it wouldn't be as common, especially since it must run on batteries because there weren't any power cords with it. And a helicopter lands nearby that Pete says he'd had circling. And it was a police helicopter, and Velma says, something tells me you're not really a swamp rat, Swampy Pete. Is this really going where I think it's going? Well... Swampy Pete says, something tells me you're right, Velma, and pulls off his mask and announces that he is Lieutenant Pete Duggan of the Harbor Patrol. So over like the past five episodes, we've had 37 people dressed as undercover police officers. Pretty much. I don't even have words for this right now. It gives us more options for who the bad guy could possibly be while we're watching the episode. I know, I know. I just want to see something different, that's all. And Fred says, and Redbeard wasn't a ghost either? And Pete says, no, he's just a crooked oil man who used the legend of Redbeard to keep people away while he tapped those offshore oil wells and piped the oil into those tanker trucks. Velma says, it's sort of like an oil bootlegging operation then. And Pete says, but he's out of business now, thanks to you all. He's definitely not Southerner, he would have said y'all. Daphne points out that they glowed like ghosts. And Pete says it was just another trick. It's glow paint. You can buy it at any joke store. Meadowlark says, well, it's no joke that we're going to miss our basketball game in Miami. But Pete offers to call them a taxi and signals a giant helicopter to come down and take them to their game. So we got to be in the Everglades here somewhere. Yeah. I can't think of any other swamp that would be close enough to where Miami and getting into a game there is just not a big deal. Yeah, so this was definitely somewhere in the Everglades with lots of gators, so it's fitting. And we see the outside of a Miami auditorium with a banner that says Harlem Globetrotters versus Miami Marauders, and the Globetrotters bus is outside. So I guess the police went and found the bus and delivered it, too. Anyway, the gang and Pete are watching the game from the front row which is kind of a nice reward. And Daphne says, it was sure nice of you to get us to the game on time, Pete. Pete says, it was nothing. Besides, you still have a big reward coming. Meanwhile, the Globetrotters are using all kinds of props and silly stunts in the game. And we see the scoreboard, and it says Globetrotters versus Skyscrapers. We'll come back to that in a second. And um, Shaggy asks for an advance on their reward by asking for a triple-decker burger, which Pete somehow buys with a single coin. I wish food was that cheap now. 
I mean, looking at, at the way our money is, you're saying that burger is at most a dollar. I would love to get even a single, like, really small burger at a game for a dollar. This was in the 70s. Things were cheaper. I know. That's what I'm saying. I wish it was still like that. Me too. Anyway, Scooby snatches that burger and then sneaks into the Globetrotter's huddle and gets tossed into the air as Shaggy runs up to the huddle looking for him and says, Scooby-Doo, where are you? And Scooby says, Yoo-hoo, up here. So I want to jump back to them playing in Miami for a second. Uh, this was made in 1972. As people listening now might be aware of, there's an NBA team in Miami called the Miami Heat which is neither the Marauders or the Skyscrapers. Those are just two completely made-up teams as far as I can tell. Definitely some kind of animation mistake or storyline mistake there because it's clearly a banner that says Marauders on the outside. It's clearly like your old-school 70s, let's slip a little piece of wood in with the team name, kind of cheapo thing on the scoreboard so it's not like it was like hard-coded into the scoreboard for anything but Miami Heat also weren't around until 1988 so anybody who was looking for that you're like 16 years too early maybe we'll pick it up in a later Scooby-Doo thing anyway Scooby-Doo turns out to be in the basket and he says and that's the end of the show you can get in touch with us at Facebook and Twitter at Meddling Kids Pod. If you'd like, you can also join the discussion group we have set up there, Meddling Kids Podcast and Scooby Doo Discussion Group, which is moderated by Tiff, who is just super cool and amazing, and everybody should love her because she's the best. If you want to help support the show, then visit the shop or the recently created Patreon. Links to both are in the show notes. If you like hearing other things that we're on, you can go check out Play Comics, which isn't exactly family-friendly all the time, I'll admit. But if you look at the ones where Kaylee is on it, it, it is, for the most part. Just look for the ones where it's just me and her. Thank you to Dave Seste for the music, Night Surfing. And the next time you try to run an oil bootlegging operation while you're playing pirate, you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids. It appears that Kaylee's laugh-suppressing motor has died. So we're going to take this time to tell everybody listening later to this top-secret thing that might never get released how much we love that you listen to the show. We love that you tell all of your friends about it. We love that you share it with your families. We love that Julie and Steven decided to start the show in the first place and that we can eventually share the show back with their families especially Ghost. We have a special message for Ghost. Ghost, you have to love Steven. Steven is a good boy.